the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Those of you who are older men in our fellowship, you have an incredible responsibility to this church, as well as to the non-Christians you come in contact with. You are to be an example to those of us who are younger. We need you. I want you to hear that from me. We need you. I don't think I've stressed that enough in this church. We really need you, and we are looking to you to show us how to live the Christian life, because we don't know it. We've got to learn from you. One of my friends who has since gone home to the Lord was a retired pastor, a godly man with a wonderful sense of humor. When I once asked how old he was, he said he was 84. He said, that's the safe side of 80. He relieved my confusion by explaining that not many people die after the age of 80. He was warm, wise, and witty, but one day he confessed to me that he felt rather useless because he couldn't do all the things that he used to do. He didn't seem to realize that his very presence among us encouraged us younger men. I said something like, I know you feel limited, but the Lord is using you to show a lot of men how a godly man conducts himself. I'd like to encourage you older men to never feel like God can't use you. Welcome to Verse by Verse. I'm Peter Silseth, and I'm glad you could be with us for today's lesson. Our instructor for these daily radio Bible classes is pastor teacher Steve Kreloff. For more than 26 years, Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Those years of expository preaching have led to the addition of radio as a teaching tool. At Verse by Verse Ministries, we believe that expository, or verse by verse teaching, is a great way to teach the whole counsel of God and avoid focusing on only that with which we are comfortable. Our lesson today is the conclusion of a three-part message about the godly characteristics of older men. These are the character traits that all men should seek to develop and that all people should look for in their role models. Our text is in Titus chapter 2, so let's turn there now, if you're able, and we'll begin our class. The third thing that Paul says they are to be is, notice verse 2, they are to be sensible. Sensible. Now by sensible, Paul means self-controlled having passions under control, mental passions under control, physical passions under control, and to live by God's standards. They are to be self-controlled. And the thought behind this Greek word is that they are to be, uh, to be sensible means that your mind is under control. It, it has the, the term, the thought of the mind here. Your mind is under control so that you think rationally and you approach problems with a reasonableness and sane judgment. You see, that is, uh, that is to be a mark of old age, as opposed to when you're younger, younger men are often hotheads. They often react to problems. They don't think through things. They can be very rash and hasty, and that is a mark of immaturity. Older men are to be different. You who have walked with Jesus Christ are not to get carried away by emotions or circumstances or problems. You are to face them with, with a sanity of judgment a cool-headedness, 
You are to be under control. We look to you for that example. We look for you to model for us how to address problems in a way that, that speaks well of mature men. How do you get to be sensible? You walk with God. You spend time alone with him. You spend time in his word, and as you do, you learn to be discerning. And you learn that that life has difficulties and there are conflicts and problems, but you approach them with a cool head. You approach them with the heart that understands that Jesus Christ is the sovereign one of the universe and nothing is out of control, and that your testimony is more important than, than anything else. Your testimony, once you've lost your testimony, you have nothing else of value. You can lose other things, but once you have lost your testimony because you've blown it in a situation, then you have lost what is most precious. Now, the remainder of verse 2 speaks about three areas of an older man's life that he's to be sound in or he's to be healthy. We looked at number one, he's to be temperate. Number two, he's to be dignified. Number three is to be sensible. Walk with God and be discerning and you become sensible and self-controlled. But also now Paul says he's to be sound in faith, sound in love, and sound in perseverance. So let's look at this. Number one, which is really number four, he's to be sound in faith. Older men are to be sound in faith. And why is it? Why, why would that be true? Those who are older ought to be sound in their personal faith. And I take it that's what he's talking about here. Because the rest of this this verse is talking about his own behavior, not that he's sound in doctrine, though that certainly is a given. He's to be sound in his theology, but I think Paul's point here is that he's sound in his own personal faith. That is to say, after all of these years, if he's learned nothing else, he ought to have learned that he can trust God through through life's difficulties. He's lived long enough to know that he can have uh, mature confidence in God's holy word, in his wisdom, in his grace, in his sovereignty, He is to be an example to those of us who are younger that we can trust God through difficulties. Right? Isn't that true? Amen? Okay. Amen. After all these years, you should have learned that you can trust God. And I say this to those of us who are not old yet, that we're to be encouraged because the difficulties of life that we're going through now the difficulties of life and the problems and, and conflicts and things like that are all designed by God to develop our faith so that we can learn to trust God so that when we're older, those, and you will be older, I assure you, when we're older, those who are younger can look to us as an example. They can watch us. I'm, I'm reminded of the man who was, uh, one who, who was discipled by the apostle John. His name was Polycarp. And he was a leader in the church. And he was to be burned at the stake. And I don't have exact, it's a famous quote about how, uh, how, what he said just before they, they martyred him. But, uh, the essence of thought by Polycarp is this. He said, I have trusted Jesus Christ for all of these years and I'm not about to denounce him and have a lack of faith in him now. That's the testimony of an older man. Gentlemen, we look to you for this. Show us what it means to trust God as you go through the sunset years, as health is failing, as finances might be tough, as there are problems in in, in relations with other people. Show us how to trust God in those areas. We're looking to you for that. We're looking to you to set an example for us. Show us what it means to trust God. Live out your faith before us 
so that we can see you as a model to us. And those who are not believers ought to see what it means to trust God. Now, they need to trust Jesus Christ for their eternal destiny, but certainly you can give them an example of trusting him for going through the difficulties of life. Sound in faith. Sound in faith. So in our attitudes towards God, we are to be sound, the older men are to be sound in faith. In their attitude towards others, they are to be loving. Notice, he says, not only sound in faith, and I take it by that he means sound in, in your faith, sound in their faith, sound in love, healthy in love. Those who are older have had plenty of time to learn to love people. You've had plenty of time uh, for the Lord to sanctify you and to teach you to love people who, and all kinds of people, people who disagree with you, people who are not very lovely, people who are critical, people who are racially different, people who are economically different. You are to set an example to us as those who love. The church looks to you to show us how to get along with one another because you have lived longer than any of us and you should set that example. The best attitudes ought to come from those who are older, not just the men, but also the women. The very best attitudes. Why? Because they are to set the example for us. You see, oftentimes, and we have a wonderful ministry here. We have the, uh, uh, the friendship class, and they're, they're just wonderful. And uh, they are those who are chronologically gifted and uh, very sweet and wonderful, wonderful ministry. And they need to see themselves not just as enjoying their fellowship, and they do enjoy their fellowship very much, and many of them are very active in ministries, but they need to see themselves as the models for the rest of us. They need to see that God puts the responsibility on them to, to be the best class, to be the best group of people in terms of, of examples for us. They are to show us how to love, and not just loving themselves. Every, everybody can love people who are like each other. But to love, show us how to love others who are not like us, who are different. Model for us, 1 Corinthians 13, of what love is. I exhort you to do that. The church looks to you for that. Show us what it means to forgive one another. Show us what it means to forgive people who have offended you. Show us what it means to uh, demonstrate mercy and kindness, not bitterness and an unforgiving spirit. Show us that. That's what Paul is saying. Not only sound in, in faith, in love, but notice Paul closes by saying sound in perseverance. Sound in perseverance. That is to say that those of you who are older, especially the men, we're talking about the men now, have gone through the school of hard knocks. Have you not? Is there anyone here who's never gone through the school of hard knocks? Some have PhDs from the school of hard knocks. They've done graduate work upon graduate work in the school of hard knocks, and they're still not through. Older men have been through a lifetime of hard knocks and hard things. They've been through wonderful things too. Therefore, they must be men of perseverance. Men of perseverance. Steadfastness. They know how to endure trials. They should have learned by now how to endure trials. What should they have learned? Let's look at James chapter 1. They should be men who can teach us what this means. They should be men more than teaching us verbally, should teach us by their examples. James chapter 1, verse 2. One of the most precious passages in all the word of God and uh, the older men in our church should be living epistles of, of this passage. Verse 2, James says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Now why? 
Why do you consider? No, no trial is joyful. Well, James didn't say it was joyful. Just consider it joyful when you encounter various trials. Not that the trials in and of themselves are fun and pleasurable, but there ought to be a joy when you go through trials because of the results of these trials. Verse 3 tells us why we should rejoice, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. It produces perseverance and steadfastness. You can't get it any other way. I called it the, uh, the, the school of hard knocks. God calls it the trials of life. And then he says, and let endurance, verse 4, have its perfect result that you may be perfect. He means mature, complete, lacking in nothing. Don't fight God on this. Learn how to handle it. Rejoice because God obviously, even though you're advanced in years, God obviously feels like you have, there's some character building that has to take place in your life. He's not through with you. you. Say, well, how do I know when he's through with me? You'll be in heaven when he's through with you. That's how you'll know. He's not through with you. No matter what, at what age you are, and therefore he brings the trials of life. So we're to let it have its perfect result. But someone might say, but I don't know what he's doing in my life. I don't know what character uh, traits he's developing in my life. Okay, verse 5 tells you how to find out. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He's not talking about wisdom in general. He's talking about wisdom in facing trials. Lord, you're bringing, you've brought this incredible trial on my life. In fact, I have a few trials going at the same time. What are you trying to teach me? Could, would you give me wisdom so that I don't, I don't miss it? That's what James is saying. Ask for wisdom and God will show it to you. Verse 5 says he gives to all men generously without reproach and it'll be given to him. Don't doubt, he goes on to say, verse 6, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea. He's driven, he's tossed by the wind and let not that man expect that he'll receive anything from the Lord. So when you're going through a trial, say, Lord, give me wisdom to know what it is that you're doing in my life, conforming me to the image of Jesus Christ. I want to know what's happening so I can cooperate with you. And I count it all joy. I rejoice because your, your good hand is upon me. You're still developing my character. Thank you for it. Just help me to know what, uh, what I should do and what I should learn from this. And I trust you and I believe that you're going to answer my prayer because it's according to your will. That is what we need to see the older men of our church modeling. That kind of response, perseverance. Handling troubles properly. Dealing with these things in a spiritual manner that says, God, you are sovereign, you've brought this into my life. Help me to be steadfast. Help me to be stayed upon Jehovah. Help me be stayed upon you. So let's, let's kind of wrap this up and, and bring it all together. Those of you who are older men, chronologically gifted men in our fellowship, you have an incredible responsibility to this church, as well as to the non-Christians you come in contact with. You are to be an example to those of us who are younger. We need you. I want you to hear that from me. We need you. I don't think I've stressed that enough in this church. We really need you, and we are looking to you to show us how to live the Christian life, because we don't know it. We've got to learn from you. Sometimes when people get older, they don't feel needed. I understand that. They don't feel needed. Um, they feel like uh, those of us who are younger are just um, kind of doing our own thing without them. And uh, I want to tell you as the pastor teacher of Lakeside that uh, to the, those who are older in our church, not only do we appreciate you, but we really need you. We really need you, and we, we need you for your wisdom. We need you for your godliness. We need you to set the pace for us. We need you to, to give us that example. 
we, we greatly appreciate you. And I say to those who are younger, you need to follow that. You need to be more sensitive and alert to those who are older. You need to learn from them. You need to make sure that your fellowship is not limited to just your age group. In the body of Christ, fellowship is not an age thing. It's certainly not a racial thing. It's not a an, uh, an, an, uh, type of ethnical deal. It's not an economic thing. Jesus Christ breaks down the, the walls there and the barriers, and we need to be careful, especially in Florida, where there can be a diversity of age and interest, that we're not like the world in that, in that way. So we need to be very sensitive. And I say to those who are older, your retirement years can be very productive. Your retirement years can be spiritually productive. Please don't come to Florida and thinking that I'm just going to let the younger people do it all. And I thank God for those who are active in our church and they are older. But let me just remind you of this, that Moses, Moses was 80 years old when he led Israel out of Egypt. You realize that? John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, by the time he was 83, listen to this, by the time he was 83, he had traveled 250,000 miles on horseback, preached more than 40,000 sermons, produced 400 books, and had learned 10 languages. At the age of 83, when you think, well, finally the guy's going to retire, no. At the age of 83, it bothered him that he was unable to read and write for more than 15 hours a day without hurting his eyes. And at age 86, he was ashamed that he couldn't preach more than twice a day. At age 86, a note in his diary indicates that he had an increasing, it actually was a complaint in his diary, because he had an increasing tendency to lie in bed until 5.30 in the morning. So I call you to get up early, go to bed on time, get up early, and live for Jesus Christ and live it out so that we see you. We're, we're one body, we're one fellowship, and um, we, we need you very much. And I hope this is an exhortation that you'll take to heart. Now, what, what can we do as a church family? Well, listen, ladies, those of you who are married to older men, hold them accountable to this. Ask them today, what are you going to do about this? Those of us who are younger, let's talk to the older men about this. How can you, and older men, go to the younger men and say, hey, do you see areas in my life that, that, could, that, that need to be uh, adjusted to this? Help me on this. And those of us who are younger, we're, we are going to be older. So let's start putting this stuff into practice now. Let's bow for prayer. This obviously is our hearts are quiet before the Lord. This obviously is a, um, a message really for those who are believers in Christ. Paul is speaking to those in the church. But I recognize that you may not be a person who has trusted Jesus Christ. And so I want you to be thinking not only about Jesus Christ, but do you know somebody, maybe someone who's older, who has lived an exemplary life before you? Not a perfect life, but an exemplary life. A life a Christian who has lived in such a way that you say, I, I really want what that person has. I really want that kind of uh, life, that kind of love. I really want that peace. I want that joy. I want to know that my sins are forgiven like that person does. That person only has that because Jesus has changed his life. And you can have that life changed as well.
I invite you to come up after the service. One of our leaders will be here. Or come to me in the back and tell me that you need to speak to somebody about trusting Christ as Lord and Savior. And those who are believers in Christ, those who are older, older men, what are you going to do about this? If you don't do anything about this, then you're in sin. Because I don't think that Paul could have given us anything more pointed, anything more specific, anything more tangible than what he did. There's no guessing game with this. How are you going to apply this to your life? Will you be a temperate man, moderate, in light of of Christ's return? Will you have a a set of priorities that are biblical, Christ-honoring? Will you be dignified, worthy of respect, a seriousness to life that reflects that Jesus Christ is your Lord? Will you be sensible, self-controlled, a cruel-headed individual who, who faces problems properly? Will you be sound in your faith? Will you trust God for all of the difficulties of life? Will you be sound in your love? Will you show us how to forgive, how to show mercy, how to love people who are not very lovable? And will you be sound in perseverance? Will you show us how, as as the writer to the Hebrews put it, how to run the race? How to be steadfast in the midst of trials. How to rejoice when there's some character building going on. We need you. And I hope you'll, you'll run with this challenge. Father, thank you for teaching us in a very pointed way what's expected of those in our church family who are older. I only pray that there will be application and I only pray that there will be a godliness that comes from this that would be worthy of Jesus Christ. And I pray for those who are looking to older men, Lord, help us to really look to fellowship, to learn, and to remember that the priority in in life is to live for Christ. And I pray that uh, we would, by the way we live, have an impact on those around us who are not saved. I also pray that you will um, draw to yourself those who, who are here this morning without Christ, that there might be a moving of the Spirit of God in their life. Lord, we have, we have worshipped you this morning. We have sang to you. We have given to you. We have proclaimed your word. And, and now it's our time to respond. And I pray that our response might be in obedience and might be uh, pleasing to you and give you supreme pleasure. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and thank you, Pastor Steve. If you're a Christ follower and you are still breathing, God wants to use you. There is no retirement from the Christian life. As a matter of fact, many missionaries and pastors these days are retired from their first career and have begun a new one in full-time Christian service. One of my best friends retired from the Army and then went on to seminary, and he now pastors a thriving church in Kentucky. But you don't need to go to school or overseas to serve the Lord. All you have to do is trust and obey. That may simply involve seeing a need in your church or neighborhood that God has equipped you to meet and then doing it. There is no end to the variety of opportunities for service if we just look around or ask someone in the leadership of our church. It was a delight to have you with us today for another Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving there since 1981. 
Verse by Verse Ministries is an extension of that teaching ministry. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own church. Today's class was the conclusion of a three-part message. If you would like to hear the entire message at once without announcements, you can order a cassette or a CD by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. You can find today's broadcast at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Either listen online or download it for later. To make sure you don't miss future classes or to share them with your friends who might not be able to listen, you can sign up for our free podcasting service. We also offer a complimentary newsletter. You will find all the details on the website, versebyverseradio.org. In our next Verse by Verse, we will continue in Titus chapter 2, but we will move on from the older men to, dare I say this, older women. At what age does a woman become older? Join us for the next Verse by Verse to hear how Pastor Steve tackles that ticklish subject, and then we will consider some of the responsibilities of older women. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.